Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. As I always say, wherever you are watching from, because we note that it depends on where the, the sun shines on you as the earth spins, right? Because we have people listening from as far as um, Australia, Switzerland. We have people in the, you know, other places in the Caribbean besides Jamaica and um, naturally so in the United States. And we have people from Canada, Russia, Cayman, Brazil, Denmark. Basically, what happened is that when we look at the data, we realize that persons have been listening from these locations. Um, keep it going. I would like to say welcome to you all as you listen to Kenyut Exploration. I am Dr. Kenyut White. And uh, those persons on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, um, welcome to you. I, I have a very important guest with me today. And um, I'm going to invite her into the studio and ask her a few questions. She's going to be talking about uh, a lot of things, her experience as a child. And, you know, she's going to be telling you about her company. And um, she wears so many caps, right? And, and um, we are going to be talking to her about some of those caps that she wears, right? Different colors, different sizes, right? Well, let's hear about it. Hey, Natasha. <laughs> Right. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Kenyut Exploration. Your topic in a podcast. Um, it, it's nice to have you here with me um, this afternoon, this evening, this this morning. Depends on where my audience are at this time, right? But um, I want to find out who is Natasha Wright. Wow, that's such a question to start out, um, to start off with. Well, um, before I continue, I just want to tell you thank you so much for extending such an invitation to me to be a part of this amazing um, podcast that you have going on that is getting traction from all over the globe. Isn't that awesome? We're thank able you. to just squeeze the world in um, a little bit tighter to reach all these different areas. Now, who is Natasha Wright? Well, <laughs> I am a fun-loving um, introvert that works in an extrovert field. I am a recruiter. I am um, a wife, a mother, an entrepreneur. Um, I am a United Nations ambassador and also a co-founder of a company called Mind Food International. But if you were to put me in one word, I would prefer the word inspiration. And I, I endeavor to remain that. I love that. But how do you blend? It's ironical. Introvert, extrovert, <laughs> extrovert world. How you do? How you do that? What happened? Um. Yeah. I get a question all the time, but it is actually something that is quite um common. So mm -hmm. I, my natural style of um just doing life is to be tucked away somewhere, listening to music, watching something, probably writing, reading. However, because of the sphere that I'm in, I find myself in rooms with hundreds, thousands of people speaking. Um, I'm always conversing with people as a HR consultant. I'm always in the field, working with teams, working with individuals. But what it means is that after I'm through working with so many persons, I have to get my time to charge and refuel to come again. And that's pretty much what it is. I can function in both, but my natural style is to 
get that you know downtime to just relax yeah, yeah. as you talk about downtime to relax after everything it, it, they talk about the second shift you have to go home and be a mother and a wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but well, the second shift. But, you know, you are an ex, you know, extraordinary person. And I'm sure you get that done. You balance the thing, right? Absolutely. Um, let, let's talk about you in those caps. First, the recruiter for SME. You know, let's yeah. say a little about each cap. Sure, sure. So um, I have been working in the HR field for a number of years. And it was actually earlier this year, someone came to me and said, Nas, you know, you know a lot of people. You could actually um, start a recruitment agency. And, you know, I said to myself, no, I'm already doing so many different things. It makes absolutely no sense. And it so happened that in that same day, someone else came to me and said, I'm looking for a job. I know you know people. Please help me out. Yeah. And I thought about it. And then I threw it out to a few of my um, colleagues who are entrepreneurs and um, CEOs. And the response was just overwhelming. So I did not know that people held me in such high regards to say that, well, Natasha, if you pass this person, I would gladly recruit them. Oh. And so I pretty much started the service based on feedback and it has just been amazing. So the whole idea of being a rapid recruiter is that I'm able to fill even the highly technical positions within a one week span. That's always oh. my goal. Have yeah. to do all the research, everything, and get them the individuals who are ready for hiring within seven days. Yeah, I, I like that sort of thing. But I, I, I thought it was a United States. I'm reaching out to you from Miami, well, Merrimar, Florida, and um, I thought it was a U.S. thing, this recruiter thing. But I didn't know that it was so much happening in Jamaica. Yeah, it, it's a lot. And, and not just that, but that is an arm that I'm also, my company is also working on because we have individuals here in Jamaica who are looking to um, have work experience or gain work experience yeah. there in, you know, first world countries. And so that's, I have a partner there in Florida, same okay. as well, um, <laughs> that are actually um, looking to see how we can um, merge together to make that happen. So it, it yeah. has different facets, but I'm definitely looking forward to the expansion. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, and um, can you exploration will you know help to to spread the word, right? But um, look at uh, this cap now, uh, the UN ambassador. Talk talk to me about that cap. Yeah, this is definitely something that is mega it's huge yeah. um because of the different community development that my husband and i are involved with um okay. and even as being governor general awardees um okay. we got that in 2019 for um reaching out and just trying to make a difference we were appointed as united nations ambassador peace ambassador now mm -hmm. we are a part of the non-governmental organization which is a consultative body now what that body does is consult with it can consult with government through the united nations on different socio-economical issues and yeah. so this is something that is quite extensive um but 
I'm always looking for the challenge and um, working with them on various projects. Cool. So this one is really huge. And um, I just don't, sometimes I wonder how I even got yeah. to the stage, but I'm just so grateful and humbled at the yeah. same time. I love that. And, and, and that is something I'm going to, to, to get into later on, your spirituality and <laughs> talk about yeah. humility. All right. This yeah. other cap uh, is the... Well, Diplomat NGO NR. That's a part of the, um, yeah, that's the diplomatic NGO. That's all a part right. of the United Nations. But um, let's let's go to the next one because you should have something. Right. Yeah. I, I have more caps here. <laughs> <laughs> I have more caps. All right. This, this one, um, government leadership consultant. Yes. Um, so as a consultant, I have the opportunity to... Um, work with whether government organizations or private sector organizations on leadership or HR, because again, HR is my core, but it's tied up and wrapped up in leadership. And what it means is that um, my team is able to go into different firms, look at your structure, look at what tweaks need to be undertaken, what kind of policies are you missing? Um, what is what is it that is needed to give you that extra oomph? We look at succession planning, we do trainings, um, the whole nine yards, but the whole idea is to develop your leaders in such a way that they are able to not just yeah. affect change in the organization, but the country, the whole world. Mm. That's what we're looking to do, create change agents. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's an it's a old um, futuristic thing. Right, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. I, I'm gonna look at your company later on in the interview, but um, this cap, I want you to just touch on this cap because you know we're gonna be looking at it later on in, in detail. But co founder um, of Mind Food International, <laughs> I, lo I actually love this because um, that's how I that was how we met. We met at the okay. Um, birthing stage of Mind Food International. So uh, my husband and I actually um, founded this company about eight years ago. And he literally just had an idea to send out some morning inspiration, which I objected to. Um, but he, he ended up um, um, encouraging me, so I changed my mind and we did it. And since then, well, at that time, we started getting such an amazing feedback that it turned into books. It turned into people inviting us to speak. Our Ooh. very first speaking engagement was with Dr. White here. And um, <laughs> trust yeah. me, we were there thinking to ourselves, why would people want us to come and speak anywhere? But we we have grown so much. We are authors of three books. We're international speakers, leadership, HR consultants, you name it. it we've come a far way. But this company is blazing trails and we're yeah. excited. We don't want to talk too much now about no, it. Wait, no, until no. Later. <laughs> Wait until later. Um, I am Dr. Kenyut White. You're listening to Kenyut Exploration, your topic in a podcast, reaching out to you from Miramar, Florida. And we are talking to Natasha Wright. She had said to me that she met me years ago. Um, we know, as she, you know, she just told you guys um, at a speaking engagement, um, perhaps eight, nine years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, cool. But um, tell me about your childhood, though. Uh, I'd like to go into that for a while. Sure, no problem. So I was not born and raised in the upper echelons of society at yeah. all. 
um, people see me all the time and they say, oh, well, you know, she has life sweet. Everything is good with her. Um, not knowing the kind of past that I've been through. Um, I remember as early as the age of uh, uh, age 10, coming home to find my house burned flat to the ground. Yeah. Um, wondering where we're going to sleep, what we're going to do. Um, the whole house burned down and about 10 of us were displaced. Um, a few months after that, I came home and I was told that my father was shot and killed. I was just 10 years old, guys. And from that incident, I started experiencing depression in a very real, real way. Because I was literally walking around just waiting for somebody to wake me up because I thought that I was dreaming. I said, this could not be real because my father was such um, a force on my life. By the time I got to age 16, in high school, I did well academically. In high school, I was at Woolmer's High School for Girls. And um, a particular Saturday, my mother was having an asthma attack. So she went to the hospital to get nebulized. And she never came home. She died from that asthma attack. And so life was very dark for me. I, I you know, that weekend that my mother passed away was so rough. Um, the Monday morning, I actually had CXC exams to sit. And um, Dr. White can attest that CXC is so critical to any child's um, education in the Caribbean. And I had just lost my mom. But I, I decided I was going to fight. I was going to go and do the exams regardless. I went and I ended up getting all those subjects. I don't know how with that kind of pressure. I had a grandmother who was living in the States and um, which is my mother's mom. And after my mother died, she came home to settle um, permanently. And one year after my mother died, that grandmother died from cancer. I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. Yeah. Molestation, seeing poverty, seeing gang violence, just worrying about what my future was going to be. That was my life in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And so when people will say, boy, um, you probably had an easy life. I like to tell them my story and say, absolutely not. I'm coming from the trenches. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I want to be that representation for youths who are coming up in trenches and think that it is not possible for them. Yeah, I, I, I love that, Patricia. Um, I, I grew up in Nina City. I've had a, a very um, terrible childhood as well. But but no, um, I I have gone through. You know, I, I I have three masters. I have a doctorate. I you know, so I mean, it can happen. And you you know that you have been there, and it happened through you as well. You know, as me. So you know, listeners who are down there. The, the Dr. White and the Natasha, um, yeah. yeah, you can make it, <laughs> all right? Of course. Yeah. And, um, and saying that, Natasha, what, what is the, the inspirational message or messages from your childhood? That you don't have to become a product of where you're raised. I mean, yes, you it makes you resilient. Yes, it makes you make bread out of stone but at the same time you can become anything you want to be 
And the whole idea is to be resilient enough and to be forward thinking enough and do the necessary actions that are required for you to get to that place that you want to be. And so I like to share those messages and just understand that people's words, they may hurt, but you don't have to accept yeah, them. If you don't have to accept people's self-limiting beliefs about you. You call the shots. It is you who is going to make that mark and blaze that trail. So you just have to be confident and just keep working and never stop dreaming. Mm -hmm. I'm a dreamer. I never <laughs> stop dreaming. And I, I married a dreamer. My daughter is a oh. dreamer. We are all about dreaming those big, ridiculous oh, goals. Oh. We're all about that. So I just, I those are my two cents on, you know, the, the messages yeah. from my upbringing. You know, things that are hard are going to come. You're going to go through pain and brokenness and heartache. But just know that those things too are beautiful once yeah. you know how to process them. Yeah. You don't have to become bitter, but you can actually become fine wine instead of vinegar because it's all in the process. I love it. I love it. And um, dreams are important. And I always say as well, education is important because yeah. that's the only thing I think we will die with. That's the only yeah. thing we will not leave on the will. I cannot leave my doctorate <laughs> and my masters on the will and say, hey, take it, right? I go with it. That's the only thing we really, that really belongs to us, I think. You know, that's my view, <laughs> right? But um, Natasha, this thing about motivation, right? What have you learned from your parents that kept you motivated, that, you know, actually keep you going? I love that question. Um, my father was so strict on me, although I only knew him for 10 years of my life. He was so strict. Like if he came to school and he, you know, got my report or whatever, he'd be like, why are there so many B's and not A's? I think that left something with me intrinsically. It wanted me to not just strive for a B or a pass. It wanted me to excel. There is something left excellence with me and on my mother's side she know she taught me all the spiritual aspects there was to this whole motivation so yes i'm gonna teach you about speaking positive things over your life but what are the exact words what are you saying and um she taught me as well to have faith and where my faith should be who is my source and so motivation is not just about just hearing somebody say some nice things and get fired up. No, you have to be solid in your faith and know that come hell or high water, yeah. you know, God is with me and I am going to make it. So they taught me different ends of the spectrum, but nonetheless, I think they have both merged and become a perfect blend, right, of yeah. how to keep going because... <laughs> Sometimes I don't know why, how I, I became so resilient. There is just something in me that will not stop. And I think my mother and my father definitely had a hand in that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I love that. I love that. And, um, you know, I'd like to talk about your spirituality as you touch that. Yes. Share your spirituality with, with us. Um, my mom, she was, uh, she was such a strong woman i like to say strong but i, I think dr yeah. white will understand what i mean she was not an easy <laughs> woman 
she was rough, uh, rough neck. Um, and I saw that woman change completely when she gave her life to Christ. I saw her, you know, become soft spoken. I saw her not cursing, not just completely different. And that left something with me because I got baptized at the age of 13 years old. Mm. Um, so there were a lot of things that I learned from her. And even after I had gone through all the different tragedies, I gave up on God because I said, clearly God is not for me because I went through so many different things. There were things that my mother taught me that I was still doing. She taught me like, for example, if I was going to get up and I was going to go to a job, I should decree that the job is mine or pray that, you know, and I was doing those things. Although I said, you know, God, I'm not, I'm not coming to church. I'm not doing these things anymore because you are not for me. However, I I never left it. And I remember (laughs) one morning I had a dream And a voice spoke to me audibly. A voice spoke to me audibly and said, you are my vessel. And I woke up out of that dream. And um, Dr. White, I can tell you from that day, I have never been the same. I've never been the same because it was almost as if in that moment, I was just being called to come and, you know, run with my assignment, which is pretty much what I do today. Um, Speaking to the young people, speaking to people all over the world about um, just knowing that we have a source and we can be different individuals once we are connected to that source. So that's pretty much it. Cool. I love that. I love that. I I know that your parents had uh, motivated you, you know, and, and your spirituality. But besides that, you know, beside your parents, besides your spirituality, what are the other motivating factors, right, that, that you, you, you know, you have used to, to keep going? Yeah, and I like that question. I, like I said, I, I was always a big dreamer. Like, yeah. um, I, I was always that kid who was at home looking into space Um, thinking about all these wonderful things that I was going to do when I got older and where I was going to travel to and, you know, who I would meet. And and I think that visualization is something that has stuck with me. When we hear from these world-renowned athletes, for example, like Shelly and Fraser Price, who is from Jamaica, and she does so well, she said that when she went to the movies and they would play Jamaica's national anthem, she would close her eyes and envision that they were playing that in the stadium and she was receiving her gold medal. You know, and and we know that was many years ago. And right now she is one of the most decorated female athletes in track and field. And so visualization is super important. I do that even now. And um, you're not being, uh, what's the word? You're not being delusional. When When you picture something and you hold on to it subconsciously, Everything that needs to come into alignment to make that happen will start to. Another thing that I do is I read a lot. Um, if there is a topic, mind you, I have graduated from actual books 
if that's a graduation to audiobooks. I don't know. Oh, okay. I love the boys. <laughs> okay, cool. I love the boys. My husband now he is the reader. He has read yeah. over five hundred books. I I will listen. Yeah. I will listen and do other things. I love I love to hear other people's point of view. Right. Um, and that keeps me going. That tells me that there are other perspectives. I don't have to stick to my guns and believe that there is nothing more. That has kept me motivated to understand that there are other ways of de dealing with things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, other motiv motivating factors. There are a lot. I surround myself with the right people, yeah. people who can encourage me, people who have knowledge and wisdom. And so they won't lead me down the wrong path. And when they make mistakes, they tell me so I don't have to find myself in those situations. And and I could go on and on on this actual one about other motivated things. But <laughs> the last know, thing right? is that I want to make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to make a difference. I know that there are things that I will have to do and I will have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Yeah. And so that keeps me going because my generations are going to be different. Every generation is going to come and do something even bolder. So yeah. I have to set the example. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. You, you, you might have touched on this a little though, but um, did your, how did your parents' death affect your academic achievements? I, I don't think I touched on it much. I just said okay. that I still did well. Um, when my father died, I was in depression. But that's the thing. I don't know. Maybe school was my coping mechanism. I still studied. I still could. I still passed. I still passed for a great high school. One of the best, I think. <laughs> um, and then after high school, I did pass all my exams, even though my mother died like in the middle of it. I don't know. I still did well, still did well, still moved on to UTEC and did my bachelor's. Um, and then I, I did master's. I started my master's with M, um, Mona School of Business, um, ended up moving to elsewhere. So... I know that education is important. As you said, Dr. White, education is so important. So I know that they would want that for me. My mother would always stress that. And yeah. so when she died, that's why I went to the exams, because I kept remembering her telling me that she wanted me to pass six yeah. CXEs to go to sixth form. Yeah. And I am still trying to pass all my exams just because of her yeah. words. Important. You went to Ulmas, right? Yes. Big up Ulmas girls. I, I'm St. George's boy. I'm from North Street. The light has oh, up North Street. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I'm many cool. friends from George's. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, right. Uh, what what I'd like to find out from you though, I, I want you to describe that that support system that you had um, during your childhood crisis. Um. My relatives were around. Some of them get mad at me when I share my childhood experiences because they say that I don't include them. But <laughs> the idea is to share the, the downsides um, and then explain how the transformation happened. But I had relatives who were 
there to ensure that my school books are already ensure that I went to school, ensure my, my report cards were coming in. So it wasn't that I was not accountable to anyone. That was never the case. I always had somebody there encouraging me, finding out what's going on right now. Although they were not necessarily in my immediate presence, they were there. And so that was a major support system for me. Another thing is, although my parents had died, I had parents from other yeah. places, right? Yeah. So whether it was that, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. I would yeah. always find a mother somewhere. So I would go to university and find a teacher that took on to me. I would, everywhere I went, when I started working my first job, I would find a mother there. So every step of the way, I think God has just blessed me with a lot of mothers yeah. and fathers and yeah. they are good support systems. So even while I continue, you know, trying to heal from all that has happened, I have those people who, you know, are not afraid to reach out to say, you're doing well, um, you need to fix this, do that, all, all those different things. Yeah. Mind you, having good support system does not nullify the effects of crisis in childhood. I have to speak oh, yeah. on because sometimes we think that children don't go through anything and that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> children have their own coping mechanisms. They're trying to process things just as adults and sometimes it's unbearable for them. And so I just want to say that being there for them does not mean that they are not going through what they're going through, but it's yeah. certain helps yeah and i agree with you um, i'm in psychology as you might know and 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 um i am sure that you know many persons do not think that uh, a three-year-old child can be stressed can be depressed it's amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah but they can they can they can, they can. yeah <laughs> they can. and if they are able to articulate they will tell you yeah they will tell you what they are feeling and, and, you know, we're going through a pandemic. No, it's not over. I don't think it's going to be over anytime soon. I, I think as parents, we need to check in with our children and ask them, how are you doing? My daughter hasn't seen her classmates in like 18 months. She, yeah. she does not like online schooling. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want, she says she wants to quit school. And yeah. so I have to be finding ways to say, okay, how can she... Um, socialize with other kids because yeah. something you know it's affecting her yeah yeah many children now are, are affected mentally and i i, I think I, i've read something that um in jamaica they need a lot of um child psychologists because mm -hmm. they realize that the 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 children are being neglected as it relates to mental health you know but yes that's a different matter. i hope that is sorted out quickly uh how do you argue though against the, the opinion the perhaps general opinion that nothing good come from the ghetto you and i are here and we are good quote unquote good and we are from the inner city um i am i am from denham town waterhouse that side you know and i'm from alma town so yeah. we, we're not far from each other right 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 argue against them argue for something good besides us 
can Besides talk about Well, yeah. I have many other individuals that I can point to that are leading in industries. They have died a long time ago and they are still leading and they are coming from ghettos. And I'd like to pull on the famous, the infamous Bob Marley for that. Okay, cool. For that one, Bob Marley is coming from Trenchtown. And listen, he has made a difference for not just our country, but a whole genre of music. And I think that he has made the, well, literally blazed a trail for everybody else to follow in the industry. And there's so many other other um, individuals. I'd like to think, though, mm -hmm. that it is because we were created, we were forced to adapt to adverse circumstances that we have been able to succeed. So when you see that man coming from the ghetto and you say, oh, nothing good can come from him. There's a lot there's a lot that he can do yeah. that, uh, quote unquote, someone coming from the upper echelons of society would not be able to face. Um, these individuals are coming well-rounded, street smart, yeah. Yeah. right? With the book smart yeah. and, and just have a, a greater appreciation and understanding of life. Um, even in the Bible, they said, what good can come from Nazareth when yeah. they point to Jesus? Yeah. Jesus to, to, to <laughs> two of the disciples, to one of the disciples. And so I just want to say that sometimes it is it is the outliers that yeah. actually come and make a serious difference. Malcolm Gladwell spoke about that, that mm -hmm. sometimes... They say sometimes the ones that are not the underdogs, yes, sometimes the underdogs actually have a major advantage over yeah. those giants. So I'd like to think so. Never judge a man because of where he's coming yeah, from. Definitely. And you know, you had said something before about using, basically you have said using education as a coping, you know, as a coping um, skill. But... um. <laughs> Um, I, I tell you this, I have used education to cope during my childhood crisis as well. And, wow. and why I'm saying this is because perhaps the good from the ghetto came out of all of those crises. You know, yeah. the fact that we have to use, um, the, you know, education and some motivating factor saying we will pull out of this and we strive to get that done, to pull out. So, so yeah, I like when you said that because I actually use that, you know, <laughs> that, that's my quote. Yeah, but um, that's cool though, you know, so you have defended it. I, you're going to like this question and the question that follows because <laughs> I, I, I realize you just celebrated your birthday. Right? Yes. And you talked about chapter 33, right? Um, I suspect that means that you're women don't like to tell their age, but you you have you know well you just said it i am sorry <laughs> but um yeah so you're your eternity right uh, um so i'd like to know how should we read um chapter 33 what's going on in with chapter 33 at this point my God. that's such a powerful <laughs> question I, it sounds as if you are here to reassure me <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I believe chapter 33 is um, Natasha learning how to deal with um, becoming the woman that she has dreamed to be. 
Um, so we, you know, a lot of times we sit and we say, I want to be that woman. You know, I want to be a Michelle Obama. I want to be a Beyonce. I want to be a Rihanna or Oprah. But we don't oftentimes think about what it takes to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I'm now in a process of just understanding that the good comes with the bad. And, you know, all the wonderful things come with burdens as well. And so I'm learning to balance and not to over-process and not to overthink. So chapter 33 for me is becoming, yes. I can use that word, just, just becoming yeah, yeah, yeah. and accepting where I am, accepting my flaws and just working on them and not, not focusing on them, but just working on them because I am a human being. Um, I think because of social media and how you're perceived once you have a certain amount of followers and you're known, it becomes hard to be normal. And I struggle with that. I want to get up and go and just um, get out of the house in my husband's yeah. shorts and, and shirt. And he will look at me and be like, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to go get some food. And he's like, you cannot leave the house. <laughs> he says, someone will see you. And I'm like, I'm yeah, dressed yeah. okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just learning. Um, yeah. And learning that, you know, chapter 33 is about becoming. Okay. Accepting where I'm heading and just going yeah. for it. And you talk about becoming and accepting. I'm going to be mischievous now because what <laughs> happened is that, <laughs> what happened is that um, we can talk, if, if somebody asks, what are your positives? We're ready to talk. Yes. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, strengths, positive strengths. We're ready to mm -hmm. talk. Mm -hmm. and, and, and not only me, but many persons, I, I suspect you are included. But when you say, what are your weaknesses? What are your you know, um, negatives? You have to be searching. Uh, what no. is it again? <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, what, sure. are your, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Sure. Um, let me, and it may be better I start with the weaknesses first, because, you know, if you do a lot of self-reflection or self-evaluation, you know what these are. I think one of my number one weaknesses, I don't have any patience. Um, I work well with my, my CEOs that I work with at different organizations because they know how important time is. And I'm like that. I don't like to make a request for something and it's not, even my husband gets upset sometimes. I was like, babe, can you just mop the floor for me because I'm busy? And he's like, okay, sure, I'll do it. And then in the next 10 minutes, I go get the room and do it myself. And he's like, listen, I said I was going to do it. And I was like, yeah, but you have not moved. <laughs> um, patience is one. I am all about getting it done right now. And I get very annoyed when... It's taking a lot of time. But don't judge me. God is working on me. Um, the next one is I I push very hard. I go very hard. And um, I haven't figured out that balance thing as yet. And so I find myself to be working more than I should, doing more than I should. And I have to be making mental notes that, no, this should be family time. No, this should be your, your daughter's time or downtime, not typing emails. Um, so yeah, that is also another thing, balance. And I, I'm gonna leave you with a third one. 
Um, I will spend a whole lot of time working on people, helping people to work through their kinks. And I think it's a weakness because I don't know when to say that's enough. That person, that person needs to go do that their thing on their own. Um, so I think that is a weakness. I will empathize, sympathize, and don't know when the cutoff point is. Um, so I think that's a weakness. Strength, resilience. Before you, before you go to strength, why do you have all my weaknesses? I because we're alike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let we're me hear your strength. <laughs> we are alike. Cool, and I'm cool. sure strengths are going to be looking like that too. All right, let me see. Um, the, so for the strengths, I'd say resilience. Um, in our Jamaican um, colloquial term, we, we would say, um, you're a hard man to dead. Like, yeah. you're hard. you can't kill him. You can't kill him because yeah. I just keep going. Like, no matter what the disappointment, the... the the heartbreak, the stress. I'm, I'm going, 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 and um, I don't know. I just, I, I was just built that way, and I was just built that way. So I'd say resilience is one, two. I'm very intuitive. That's, I think that's a part of my introvertness there kicking in. I'm very intuitive. If I walk in a room, I more than likely can read everyone 90% by just watching their body language and listening to them speak. And so before something is said, I, would, I, I usually know what's going to come. Um, and I think that's a part, that's a good trait to have. Because, you know, and especially where recruitment is concerned, I after evaluating the person, I, I know if they're a good fit or not. Yeah. Um, so intuitive is, is a big strength for me. The third strength is that <clears throat> I think I love people. I have a knack for working with people, making people feel special. Um, and, and I guess that's why HR is my thing. <laughs> Yeah. HR is my thing. Um, I am a dreamer, fourth, a visionary. I will sit and envision and then implement a plan to get there. And then I'm overall an honest, hardworking, um, straightforward. That straightforwardness as a sprint can be a weakness because not everybody yeah, know, right? <laughs> you get into trouble, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> you get into a lot of trouble for being straightforward. But yeah, I leave those with you. And I try to not just be like give you some surface level ones, but just some some real ones that I, I pat myself on my back for. Yeah, I'm, I am Dr. Kenyut White. You're listening to Kenyut's Exploration, your topic in a podcast. I'm talking to Natasha Wright. Natasha, the strengths are similar as well i mean I'm, yeah i was just trying to find something to say not that one but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know yeah we are we are like with those strengths and weaknesses and that's cool but the, the next question follow up from the chapter 33 um mm -hmm. there are several chapters that will come after that but i'd like to skip many of them um, yes. and go to to chapter 43 Oh, oh, should we read that though? Or will that be read by us? If I could see into the future, yeah, um, which I don't need to because I have faith, so yeah. I can read it, right? 
Uh, reading chapter 43 will be putting things into place for my daughter and a son. I'm hoping for a son. Can I imagine oh, okay. it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm hoping for my son. So okay. I would be putting things in place for my daughter and my son's okay. kids to come. Okay. Okay. Um, to make sure that they don't have to come and worry about having to find a job. If they want a job, they can have a job. Yeah. But they would already be set with many businesses and yeah. different assignments stemming from yeah. what we have left for them. And just also passing the baton on, me working more closely with younger women, sharing what I know, you know, um, giving them all my mistakes so that they don't make those as well. So it's more like mentorship and raising the next generation to, to do better than I have. So I want to start as early as 43. I know a lot of persons are saying, but 43 is young. Yeah, I want to start early. Yeah. So that they have enough time to go make their mistakes and, and fix them. Yeah. But I want to start before 50. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. I love that chapter. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love that chapter. Hey, and it seems as if you are looking at my questions right because uh, no i know you weren't i haven't seen them but the next one talk about something you have mentioned in your 43 uh, um this thing about young young natasha you know those persons who are you know experiencing childhood that you had experienced um what what would be your advice to them that they don't make the mistake that you know you know you have not made a mistake, so to speak, but they, they won't make the mistake. So you're going to talk to them because if 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 it weren't for the motivating factors from from your parents, you might have made some mistakes along the way. So talk to them. Wow. Um, very powerful question. A very serious one at that. You know, if I could speak to my younger self right now, which I probably am, I would say chin up. Like how you start, what you're going through right now is not an indication of where you're going. It is not. As a matter of fact, this thing that you're going through can only strengthen you to become better in the future. If you decide that you're going to continue a positive path, I would also advise you that hearing all the negatives around you does not mean that you won't get to a great future either. You don't have to look at your surroundings and say, boy, I'm going to end up like these people. No, because God has a, an assignment or a special purpose for each and every one of us. And sometimes our circumstances are hard because they are needed to just prune us in the right way, you know, just to shape us in the, and mold us in the, in, the, in the right form in terms of our character. And so I just want to encourage you to ensure you have um, strong, positive friends around you. Ensure that the people that are around you, you want to become them or be like them. Um, because they say birds of a feather flock together. My mother used to kill me with that one. Um, or she'd say, show me your company and I'll tell you who you are. So you have to remember that there are a lot of people today that are in the jails, that are dead, that have lost marriages, lost their children, lost their life just because they were paired with the wrong people. I also want to tell you that you're not too young to have faith 
have faith in God that he's going to take you through this path and take you safely there. And also to have faith to achieve your dreams. I remember when I said I was going to go to university, people were saying to me, who's going to pay for that? You have no mother, no father, no. And I ended up getting a scholarship, guys. There are so many possibilities out there. But what is required of you right now is for you to make that decision and take the necessary steps. So I'd say keep pushing, keep your head up. If you've made a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Even if you're a young girl and you got pregnant early, it's not the end of the world. I have many friends who have had children young and they are doing excellent right now. And they are wonderful women with, with, with brilliant background in education. And so I'm saying just keep going, have faith and keep working. You'll get there. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what's for the... the, the, the... Young Natasha, right? But but um, the inner city women, the 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 ghetto girls, yeah. Uh, Um, well, as you know, I'm from Jamaica. You're from Jamaica, and we grew up in Jamaica. We we know the the challenges that these young ghetto girls. They're they're, trust me, they're beautiful. They're intelligent. We can tell the world that, yeah. But there are still some challenges, right? Talk to the ghetto girls, not necessarily the, 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 the children now. The ghetto girls, 20 odd, 30 odd. Yeah? Talk to them. I love, I love how you put it, Dr. White. Um, listen to me, ladies. Nothing is as glorious as having dignity. I, I'm all about that. I'm, <laughs> I'm all about being able to hold your head high. Um, you don't have to succumb to peer pressure. You don't have to be with a man because you want money there are other means we have within us potential to do so many different things but maybe no one has told you maybe nobody told you that you're excellent at cooking you could cook and sell maybe nobody told you that you know you're excellent at doing here you can make some money through that through that um venture you don't have to rely on someone who may be abusing you who may not treat you like the queen that you are. I think you should hold your standards high. I see that a lot happening. We They, they drop their standards because society tells them that they're not going to be able to find Mr. Right. Well, I found Mr. Right, so I believe everybody can find a Mr. Right. <laughs> I like <Okay>? that. <laughs> uh, yes. And, and, and so... What you need to do is to work on yourself. It's never too late to go back to school. Never. It's never too late to find somebody to mentor you. Reach out to somebody positive. Ask them how they did it. Ask for the help you need. But do not, for heaven's sake, lower your standards because you are afraid or you think that you are too weak to do it alone. Um, that's, that's my tidbit because I've seen so many young women just die just literally drop their hands and just die because they think that they need to be in a situation to be able to overcome and you know society glorifies women who look a particular way now and so i find that a lot of our young girls are trying trying so hard to look like what they see on tv or to wear what they see on TV. And I'm saying that a woman with dignity, even the Bible speaks about the Proverbs 31 wife, woman with dignity is always so eloquent, classy, beautiful, 
keep your standards high. You don't have to look like anybody else. Just ensure that you are um, being modest and not lowering your standards. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'd like to ask you to address uh, as a, as a you know, real woman, I would want to call you. Because um, there are some women who believe that, hey, they will, they will actually trade going back to school for the, 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 the niceties, the, the, the dress. They would spend um, thousands of dollars on the dress and so on instead of taking a course or something like that. Address that. Yeah, can you, you said it earlier. You said that when, when we die, we die with the education. That's something yeah. we do for ourselves. Yeah. And so if I could speak to that young lady right now to let her know that your education is compared to none, nothing, nada, zilch. Your, your experience, as a matter of fact, your experience um, and education paired together is, is what makes you a genius. Um, having a material thing cannot be compared to what's in here because what's in here is what is really important and so i i tell people all the time your circumstance can change but as you grow and mature as a person that's invaluable Anybody can buy you something nice. Anybody can buy something nice and look the part. But when a woman opens her mouth, I think that is what silence people. <laughs> That's what makes people intrigued. And so we need to look at wants and needs. Some things nice, yes, can stay. However, your education is so important. And then when we look at getting out of the cycle of poverty, education plays a great role in that. So your mother, you're saying that, boy, I wish I could just go and sell my degree to do something else. Um, no, you have to do it because you want your daughter or your son to come and go to school as well. So we have to be the examples. And I find, like I said before, that our society now glorifies in having the nicer things and not necessarily having the education or, you know, investing in ourselves. And that's not right because you can have the nice things and not know how to sustain them or how to keep them. Wouldn't it make sense to educate yourself so that if you lose them, you can gain them again? That's just my two cents. Cool. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, there, there's one more question I have before I go into your business. And yes. then close off. The, this thing about the glass ceiling. I I always said that the glass ceiling is still intact, not, not broken yet, but um, it's cracked. That, I always say that because um, indeed... As we know, women are getting more educated. You know, they're 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 challenging the the, the masculine patriarchal um, society. But um, I don't, I really don't think that they have actually reached you know that that stage where it's broken yet. It's been cracked, uh, and that's my view. But 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 why I'm saying all of this is to to look at the the, the Jamaican situation. Yes, we had this um, first female prime minister. Um, the most honorable um, Portia Sims Miller. Good afternoon to you, ma'am. Good morning, whatever time you hear this. <laughs> we love you. But um, we also realize that there is this um, new chief of staff um, sometime next year who's a female. That's a first as well. I had served my country in the military. I understand the, the, the challenge as it relates to, um, you know, 
Ed, Ed of the, the military, right? And, and no, she, she is there. That's all for you too, ma'am. Um, we love you. Um, you know, we appreciate that you got that position. But just to say that, and congratulations, but just to say that it's, it's, not, it's not broken. It's just cracked. What are you seeing happening in Jamaica at this point? Well, well, Dr. White, this is the only time that I'm going to completely disagree with you. <laughs> I because know. as an HR consultant and as a woman myself and a woman who works with a lot of successful women, I believe that the glass ceiling is null and void. Okay. Jamaica has one of the best percentages when it comes to gender equality in management and CEO positions. And I can name so many of them. If you look at our government, our government from last year, so September's election, saw so many women representing in politics. Our, our, our house, our garden house is filled with beautiful women who represent us well. Um, and I say that to say that uh, there are a lot of things happening here in our culture in Jamaica, and I do not think that we have an issue with glass ceiling and women. In fact, statistic is showing is that our men are in trouble because there are more women in university, more women graduating, more women in the work in the workforce. Now it's going to be skewed and the men are going to find themselves on the underside because of what is happening. Yeah. So I think we need to work a lot with encouraging our young men and just equipping them so that they go back to school. But I know for a fact that in Jamaica we are doing exceptional well now in terms of my own views i don't think of glass ceilings i used to I don't think of glass ceilings anymore yeah. and i'll tell you Canute, I, and, and the reason for that i'm not saying that it doesn't exist i'm saying that it's not of my concern right. i work excellently i make sure that i i do my work with class dedicate dedication and um I believe that all these things will work for me eventually. Now, yeah. if I find myself in a position where a male counterpart is chosen over me, while there may be some bias involved, I don't get too much involved. I don't put that on my head. Yeah. Because I know what's mine is mine. It cannot yeah. be taken from me. And so, um, but I really do believe that women are doing exceptionally yeah. well. Even when you look in, in, in the States, um, we have a VP, you have a VP, yeah. girl, that's a woman, African-American, yeah. Jamaican descent. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we're so excited too. It's almost as if it's happening for us. Yeah. Um, so I think that that glass ceiling, even in your mind, if you think it's cracked, it's going yeah. to be shattered very, very yeah, soon. Yeah, no, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, and Natasha, I believe that because, trust me, I believe in the strength of women. I, I love my women. You know, they're, yes. they're great people. I mean, you know, I'm the reason why, you know, they're the reason why I'm here. I, you know, exactly. I love that. So um, I I really believe, though, that we need to work. Women, those are, that's the responsibility of you, women. Work on the men more in terms yes. of, you talk about it, getting them to do what they have to do. Step up to the plate. Go but can we, we need yeah. we need more men too because I yeah, think I that the men the men are having these issues because there's not enough men yeah. pulling them up. 
yeah, what's happening when men are not in the homes and we know that a, 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 a woman can have a mother and father yeah but you know let me say this natasha this, this is coming from far you know let, let's have a, a little talk on this because we know even back in our culture the 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 the, the girl would stay in and watch the documentary she'll read the book the boys yeah. are allowed to go on the on the basketball field and play and so on and and i i started my education back in jamaica and i realized that in the university sometimes i'm the only person doing that course as a male I'm the only male doing that course. Can you imagine? So I yes. realized that the, you know men are in trouble. From I, you know, I saw that I said, hey, in school. yeah, because more men are in school, more men are going to become lawyers, doctors, teach teachers. Yeah. Where are the men in, in the school system? Yeah. You, far yes, far you. Far psychologists. So, so we know that it's in trouble. So maybe you're right. It's not cropped. <laughs> it's, it's almost shattered. But um, I really do love my women and what they're doing. Um, you know, we we think that they're 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 really super extraordinary. And you know, oh, I yeah. saw to to you, you know, and and the other women, <laughs> right? Definitely. You're listening to Can Youth Exploration. You're topic in a podcast. I am Doctor Can Youth White talking to Natasha Wright. Natasha, your business, Mind Food International. Yes. Tell me about that. All right. So I think I mentioned earlier that we started literally by just sending morning inspirations. And from those morning inspirations, we were encouraged to do books seminars um we did our first seminar in 2014 and it was called giving birth to greatness uh, we didn't know that we were giving birth to our own greatness um because today we have done over 50 conferences whether it's a leadership training seminar and we have expanded um to other countries the last leadership seminar we had we had it there in miramar florida um we have had, um, even the mirror of Miramar there with us, Sister Wayne Messam. It was just exciting to have the, the diaspora leadership there representing and talking about the issues of our countries. And so um, it, it, we do leadership training, HR consultancy, um, myriads of things, but the core is leadership development. Cool. Where we intend to turn people into agents of change. So it's not just come to a training and you're gone, you get certified. That is that's it. No. You're here and you're going to make a difference. And so yeah. every single thing that we do, whether it's a mentorship program, a coaching program, a succession plan, we take all those things into um, account and it has been such an exciting journey because we didn't know we would end up here being um, awarded Governor General awardees for excellence in leadership um, <laughs> becoming United Nations ambassadors we're international speakers I can yeah. tell you that this year I have traveled so much cool. <laughs> even in the midst of the pandemic yeah. I'm telling you I've traveled so much um, and that's just because people see value. People yeah. see value in what we're teaching. And we're not just teaching the usual motivational stuff. We're, we're teaching 
um, literally biblical principles paired into other leadership principles. So it works. Um, but we're pretty much working in the diaspora with our fellow Jamaicans and just looking to partner with corporations that yeah. need help to strengthen their leaders. Right. That's what Mindful International does. Yeah, we have to talk more on that um, outside of this. But um, tell me, I, I like when I talk about businesses to, to, to look at it from a journalistic question standpoint. The, the what, you have mentioned the what. Ooh, who are involved in, in this thing? Um, my husband and I, and we have, that's Mr. Jamar, right? His Excellency, Mr. Hey, Jamar. Big up, Jamar. Cool. Um, <laughs> and, and we also have business partners in Canada and right. the United States um, of America. Um, and we pretty much have a team of leaders who go out into the corporate arena and assist in any area. As a matter of fact, we work with churches, yeah, we work with clubs, we work with schools, we're everywhere. Um, yeah. But we're all literally work under this mission and vision that we're going to be the largest leadership institution in the next 20 years. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Where? Where are you located? Yeah, is it just Jamaica? You talk about Canada and working with, with persons. Oh, um, the, the headquarters is in Jamaica. What? What? Tell us about the where. Okay, so naturally the headquarters is here in Jamaica, but we have a global business, hence right. the name Mindful International. Yeah. And so we operate basically anywhere we are needed. We operate virtually if it is an event that we're invited to. We will travel, um, but we are here in Jamaica working with different um, countries. Mm -hmm. So so when is... Uh... You never close 24 sevens, 24 hours. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. We've set it up in such a way that people can reach us at any time um, for assistance or for services. Um, and you can find all of that on www.mindfoodinternational.com. Mm -hmm. And we made sure we left all our contact information on there. We are easy to find. Um, as a matter of fact, my Instagram, which seems to be the go-to page um, at Natasha Wright, I answer every single DM, uh, every single message I possibly can, as hard as it is at times. Um, so we are we are accessible um, to individuals who need us. Okay, and you have a, a website. Yes, What's and it's website? those persons who are listening on their favorite podcast uh, platform would like to hear. It's www.mindfoodinternational.com. So you'd have to spell it out, M-I-N-D-F-O-O-D, international.com. And I must tell you that on the description of the podcast, I, I um, actually include these links so that you can yes. click on the link um, once you're watching the podcast um, from anywhere around the world and it will get you there. And, um, but but why, why Mindfood International? <laughs> because we are the difference that is required. The, uh -huh, the, yeah. training, the training is not the usual sit in a classroom setting and have someone speaking. Mm -hmm. It is actually real-life examples, whether it's from, um, from different materials. It is 
biblical principles. It is leadership concepts, cutting edge leadership concepts, all wrapped up in a different kind of packaging, something relatable, something palatable, something that is easy enough for a 12-year-old to bad. understand. But Dr. Canute White with his three yeah. marks of PhD <laughs> gets yeah. it. So, so we make it so simple that anyone can look at it and say that is something profound. And I think that it's needed right now. The fluff is not something that people can deal with, especially with so much chaos going on. And so I think we have been able to find that perfect blend for individuals to be able to learn and really get it cool. so they can run and live fulfilled lives. I love it. That number you're looking at it running across the screen but yes. um, those persons want to hear we're just listening can sure you yes you can contact us at any time at 876-781-8614 that's 876-781-8614 how about email and that is my personal contact for oh, email, that's your personal contact yes Oh, they will get to you, but it's safe to... It to, is safe. Yeah, okay, it fine. Is safe. Yeah. There, are, there are ways to protect. Um, okay, fine. <laughs> protect I, I just want to know. Yeah, protect That's it. fine. Yeah. That is fine. That is my straight business line. Okay, All right, cool. email us. You can email us at caribleaders. So it's C-A-R-I-B, leaders at Mind Food International. If, if you think that's too long, then you can email me at nnnkb at hotmail.com. That's triple N-K-B at hotmail.com. Hey, hey, not. Tasha Wright. Yeah, and Mrs. Mr. Wright. Um, big up <laughs> to you, sir. Right? Um, <laughs> I know you're very instrumental in what's going on. I'd just like to, you know, um say that I appreciate we here at Kenyut Exploration appreciate what you have been doing because I'm sure you do have um uh, some contribution that you have made to to um Natasha and her success and um you know, I just want to, on behalf of Canute Exploration, say thanks for that and big you up, right? Um, Natasha, it, it's such a, a, a great pleasure talking with you, um, you know, another Jamaican um, daughter, another Jamaican woman doing well. Um, I, I, you know, I have read so much about you and hence I reach out to you because I want the world to, to hear you and, um, you know, for, for empowerment. And again, Chapter 33, you know, wish you all the best with that. And chapter 43, wish you all the best with that too. And yes. we can go on and on and on and on and on. Right? <laughs> right? But um, I will talk to you again, you know, and um, thanks for coming. All right? Thank you for having me. Just a wonderful, wonderful um, discussion. It, it feels like home. Yeah, um, yeah. great work uh, we definitely need more content like what you are putting out so just keep going man excellent thank you Natasha alright bye bye yes that was um, Natasha right out of Jamaica she you know she tell you like it is she had a story to tell and she tell us what, what, what's, what had gone on in her childhood and she empower women and uh, youth as well, because not only because Natasha is a female, means that 
you as a man, you as a boy in the inner city cannot take from her some of the advice that she had given. And, um, you know, you know that's that Natasha, that strength, that empowerment, right? We can all um, pull from that. And I, I, I want you to contact Natasha as much as you can because she's ready to listen. Um, you can call her at 876-781-8614. That's her business, uh, Mind Food International. You can also email her, right? Um, the short email um, that she give, email address that she give, nnkb at atmail.com. You can use that one. And if you're watching, you will see it running across the screen that um, Carrie Leaders at mindfoodinternational.com, another email address. Keep in touch with Natasha. She's a wonderful person. Her husband and her, uh, um, they have been doing well to, to ensure that great leadership um, continue to survive in, in our society and, and um, that the leadership of tomorrow will be one that will drive the society forward um, even after many of us had gone, have gone. Um, thanks to Natasha and her husband, our team. Um, it's nice talking with her. But we are still in a pandemic. Remember, wash your hands, keep the hygiene thing going. I, I always say, the mask, take your vaccine. I'm not forcing you to do that. I'm encouraging you. I had done my Pfizer and I'm encouraging you to do it. And um, also, keep your distance. I'll catch you again on Canute Exploration, your topic in a podcast. I am Dr. Canute White.